It's Thursday, November 17th. I'm Marco Werman. Clashes in New York as Occupy Wall Street protesters mark two months since their movement started. It's since spread around the globe. A Spanish journalist in New York thinks demonstrators everywhere are feeding off each other's energy. The way people have seen other people all around the world going into the streets, I think they get this feeling, this urgency to do something and go out. Plus glimmers of political reform in Burma. What we see now is promising, it's hopeful, it's change that we have never seen before. BBC News with Marion Marshall. Italy's new Prime Minister, Mario Monti, has presented his plans to tackle the country's economic problems and cut its debt. In his first speech to Parliament, he said austerity measures would be balanced by economic growth and social fairness. He also promised to combat tax evasion and said his plans wouldn't preclude tough action against the Mafia. In tal senso, una strategia di rilancio della crescita non può prescindere a plan to relaunch growth cannot preclude a determined effort against organized crime and all the mafias. An effort which strikes at the economic interests of these organizations and their incursions into the legal economy. Mr. Monti said the future of the euro depended on Italy's actions in the next few weeks. Spain is coming under increasing pressure from the markets as the crisis over the euro continues. The Spanish government paid almost 7% interest in an auction of 10-year government bonds, the highest rate since 1997. The Treasury managed to raise 3.5 billion euros but had to pay 1.5% more than in the last auction in October. The five permanent members of the UN Security Council plus Germany have expressed their deep and increasing concern about Iran's nuclear programme. They agreed a draft resolution at a meeting of the United Nations Nuclear Agency, the IAEA, in Vienna, calling for clarification about whether Iran's nuclear work has a possible military dimension. From Vienna, here's Bethany Bell. The six big powers have managed to hammer out a resolution which is aimed at increasing diplomatic pressure on Iran. It expresses deep and increasing concern about Tehran's nuclear aims. Diplomats called it a compromise text. Western states would have preferred stronger language and a possible referral of Iran to the UN Security Council. But Russia and China were more reluctant. The head of the IAEA, Yukia Amano, says Iran has a case to answer about its nuclear work, but Iran insists its activities are peaceful. The Emir of Kuwait has ordered the security forces to take all necessary measures to maintain order after several thousand protesters briefly occupied Parliament on Wednesday. Sheikh Sabah al-Ahmed al-Sabah said no tolerance would be shown for any violation of state institutions. The Prime Minister's Chief of Staff has been speaking to the BBC about the incident. Peter Biles reports. The Kuwaiti Prime Minister's Chief of Staff, Mohammed Abdullah al-Sabah, has told the BBC that a group of opposition parliamentarians led youths in storming the Parliament building. He described what happened as systemic anarchy and said the MPs had not been able to pass a bill through constitutional means. Anger over corruption allegations involving MPs has been growing in recent months, although Kuwait has so far been largely untouched by the unrest elsewhere in the Arab world. BBC News. The Russian Foreign Minister, Sergei Lavrov, has said the Syrian opposition's increasing use of armed force in its efforts to topple President Assad risks plunging Syria into full-scale civil war. 
Mr Lavrov also said that outside forces were trying to push for an escalation of the confrontation between the government and protesters. Russia has so far opposed tougher international sanctions on Syria, which has long been one of its key allies in the Middle East. An international health campaign group says it plans to provide vaccines against cervical cancer for two million women in developing countries over the next four years. The Global Alliance for Vaccines and Immunization says women in nine countries will benefit from the program. Their head of policy, Nina Schwalbe, said it was only fair that this vaccine should be provided to women in poorer countries. Currently, over a quarter of a million women die each year from cervical cancer simply because they don't have access to screening and treatment. These are tools which are readily available to women who live in richer countries. The vaccines that are available to protect against human papillomavirus, HPV, are incredibly effective vaccines. Essentially, by vaccinating women, you prevent that woman from getting cervical cancer. Scientists.